Hey friends, welcome to the podcast. I am Melissa Matheson. And today on the show, we're talking with one of my dear friends, Richard, who is a husband, father, teacher, gospel loving preacher, and overall just a great person and friend. I just found out he's an Enneagram one, just like me, which explains why we seem to totally understand so much about each other. In today's episode, Richard and I talk about one of the hardest days of his life and how he navigated his family through a season of transition, moving from one state to another. We're talking about raising daughters, changing careers, and jujitsu today on What's Next, God? And you drink coffee? Barely. So you don't drink coffee every day? I'm not. No, ma'am. Believe it or not, I'm not. I'm more like a... uh pre-gym guy okay but what is that pre-gym is like like protein powders no, and no, no, drink- no, no, oh, no. no that's too healthy this is like 300 milligrams of caffeine so it'd be like four cups of coffee and 18 ounces of water and so you drink that it's like a powder yes ma'am you mix with water and then you just go <laughs> but you don't go to the gym I don't go to you the just gym. drink I just the drink stuff and then you go it. to the gym i sometimes Honestly, Melissa, I drink pre-gym and I'll, I don't go to the gym. And then you just go to work? I just actually I do it in the afternoon. But it's called pre-gym. Pre-gym. So you're supposed to drink it before you go to the gym, but, but I just do it like pre-life. <laughs> <laughs> or pre-day. Or, or pre, pre-work. Pre-dinner. Pre-work. Yeah. So, so uh, it's, it's glorious. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel it now. So When do you drink coffee? Uh, when I'm with Except friends. when you're talking to me at I'm my with, table. I'm with friends. When you're with friends, mm-hmm. you drink coffee? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. So I saw you put sugar in it. Uh, sugar and I are friends. I think we're related. I think we're cousins somewhere. Somewhere? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see how much sugar you put in that cup, though. How much? Enough. Enough? Enough for you to probably fuss at me when this is over. So I don't need to tell your wife, then, how uh, much sugar? Sh- she's... Yeah. <laughs> 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 we keep this on the DL. Because when Dave and I got married... I watched him the first time. Well, no, we were dating. And I watched him put sugar in his coffee. And I could not believe how much sugar he put in his coffee. Uh, maybe it's I, a like, thing. I don't think that that's okay. <laughs> so right, when right. he got married, he pulled back on the sugar. But now we're just like all the coffee creamer. And I don't even know if that's any better for you. Maybe so. it's a give and take. Maybe it's a give and take. I think the creamer is better than the sugar because it's more like milk based it's not they're (laughs) no it's not they're non-dairy coffee creamers they're not even real it's all fake processed it's not full of sugar but it is straight from the cow so straight from the cow just like what kind of coffee creamer you used a cinnabon coffee creamer did i really i think you did cinnamon cinnamon Mm -hmm. i have it's not bad i have italian cream Mm. in mine i took italian cream um anything sweet Anything sweet. That's kind of how I like my coffee, which is why I can't have too much because it's just not good for you to have it like that. If I ever had to drink coffee black, I just wouldn't drink it because I don't really enjoy the coffee sometimes as much as I do. Now, I'll go someplace to a coffee shop and try like some new roasted espresso or something and where you taste all the flavors. I will do that when I'm somewhere just because it's kind of cool and fun. I don't do that every day, so... And I actually have been trying to do green tea and not as much Ugh. coffee lately. Ah, I know, <laughs> tea. but it's so good for you. Yeah, so, so they say. But doesn't quite give me the jolt that pre-gym. Mm, pre-gym, jolt. Do. All right, so pre-gym it is. Pre-gym it is. Gym How long Sipani. have you been doing this pre-gym thing? Mm, not long enough to be concerned about my health. Oh, okay. 
Now, you also do jujitsu. Jujitsu, which I'm recovering from last night. Ah, <sighs>、uh, what is that? <laughs> so, jujitsu is a martial art that's not really so much about striking or kicking, it's about wrestling and then getting into a control position and then submitting somebody by choking them. And this is fun. <laughs> It is. Do you do it more for the exercise and your health, or is it because like God made you a man and you need to be able to wrestle? Can I be vulnerable with you? Yes. Several different reasons, but I'll be vulnerable for this reason. I get offended fairly easily. Okay. I have skin. I have thin skin, so I decided. You know, if I have a grown man on top of me choking the life out of me, I'll probably develop thicker skin. Yes. So. That doesn't make you like angrier. No, it's actually very calming. Ah. I know it's、Why、like I don't know. I don't know. So we did. We rolled. There were six people in class like last night, and we did five minute rolls, and we just went back to back to back to back to back, and you're just physically exhausted. So, were you athletic when you were a kid?、Mm. Yes. Yes, you were. Yes. Really? What did What did you? So you were born in Virginia. Virginia, the VA, the eight o four. The eight o four, and you lived there your whole life, whole like life. born and raised. Born and raised. Born and raised. What's Richmond, Virginia? Richmond, Virginia. You're are the you the capital the, of the South? The, <laughs> the, <laughs> Until you move to Alabama, they're like, that's no, not the South.、So. Um, are you? You're an only child, aren't you? Yes, ma'am. Oh my! Oh, <laughs> this is why you don't have thick skin.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you had been raised with. A lot of siblings. You had how I many? I am one of ten. One of ten. Yeah. So real thick skin. So you have armor. Yes.、Good. So I don't need jujitsu. <laughs> I, I had siblings. <laughs> you had siblings that you fought with. That kept me humble. That. Oh my you know, goodness. Yeah. Ten. Yeah. Ten. Yeah. Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven,、house. eight,、yes. nine, ten. Like、yeah. ten. You should do Christmas with us. It's nuts. It is or Thanksgiving. I need to do that one day.、Yes. They're all here in Hamilton. You、I'm、and Christy、coming. just yeah, swing by. And、um, have some coffee with us, and just you will be—you'll need about ten minutes, and then you'll be like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> let's go." <laughs> no, I think that would because be... it is the most organized chaos you have ever been a part of in your life. It's so much fun, but it is so loud, and、yeah. there are so many people. But I love it. So basketball was your thing.、Mm-hmm. Tell me,、um, what did you do after high school? Did you do、uh, basketball in high school? I wasn't good enough to make the high school team, <laughs> but in my defense, in <laughs> honest assessment, there's a, there's a pretty good team. We had a guy from Australia who was six foot seven, and in high school, that's really that's、tall. pretty big. And he's just dunking on everybody, so we just enjoyed being a dog pound and and then rooting him on. But it was good. Well, good. So no sports in high school. <laughs> no sports in high school. <laughs> so. Good, but not good enough to make the high school best. Were you、team. like super smart in school? Like, no, you- no, I was unmotivated in school. Unfortunately,、okay. really, why? I just didn't know who I was. Were you a good kid in high school? Like, goody two shoes, afraid to get in trouble. Yeah, afraid. I was too.、Know. Really? Yeah. It's like you were the first child, the middle child, and the baby in the family, all wrapped into、oh, one. Look at you. This is why、Special. you needed jujitsu in <laughs> jiu-jitsu, your life. Oh yeah, actually. Yeah. What did you do after high school? Did you go to college? Straight to college. Where'd you go? Virginia Commonwealth University. Because if I say VCU, everybody thinks 
that's outside of Richmond, Virginia, that uh-huh. I say BCU, like Boston College University. So we have to say Virginia Commonwealth. Virginia Commonwealth. What did you study? Criminal justice. That's right. I yeah. remember. Did you love that? I did. Other aspects of college I think I liked too much too. Yeah. Did you finish college? I did. You did. Graduated in four years. Cum laude. Thank you, Look Lottie. at you. <laughs> <laughs> you like Look that? at you being all fancy. Mm-hmm. When I found my when I found my purpose, that's when the when I found my purpose is when I came alive. Which in is high what? school. Or it used to be law enforcement. Law enforcement. That was my purpose. So you graduated college, went into the law enforcement. What all, what all did you do there? Because you were with like a SWAT team and stuff I did SWAT too. SWAT team the last nine years. Yes, ma'am. So I was in law enforcement for 18 years. The last nine years were awesome because I was a detective and uh, the sheriff's office I was with was an investigator, criminal mm-hmm. investigator, and shirt and tie suit. So you go to a bank robbery that just happened. You're like men in black getting out of the car, putting on sunglasses, yeah, you know, nice suit, mm-hmm. dude. It's just awesome. Mm-hmm. And then the SWAT aspect was, you know, if they had a drug deal that went wrong or they had a drug house that they wanted to do a raid, that's who they called. And that was the, you talk about pre-gym. You don't have to drink pre-gym you know, to do a raid. You just go to work. You just, oh, dude, there's nothing like it. Really? Nothing. And like you it. loved it? Loved it. Were you ever scared? Oh, yeah. What, what uh, if I asked you about a, a specific incident or a memory that happened to you, good or bad, what do you think about? First foot pursuit. And when I came out of the academy, I was in shape running all the time. And this guy was, it was on Christmas Eve during the day. I stopped him for like an expired inspection sticker or something. I don't even have that in Alabama. Pulled him over. He didn't have a driver's license. I walked back to my car to run, run his information, and he takes off on foot. And we're just hopping through fences, going through backyards. It's just crazy. It's just like stuff you see on TV. Did you catch him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, oh, wait. yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> I cheated, though. How did you cheat? I used pepper spray. Oh, do what you got to do. I, I, made, I sprayed his head. It looked like a pumpkin. He was so it. Pepper spray looks orange when it comes out. Yeah. So. Oh, I didn't know that. I have never been the, pepper sprayed. <laughs> right, because you didn't run from the police on Christmas Eve. No, I have never run from the police on Christmas Eve. Don't do that. I am so, uh, I am very law-abiding. Mm-hmm. I have a healthy respect. I'm an Enneagram One. We're all about the rules. Yes, so am I. Are You're a One? I'm a One. You're a One? A one. I didn't I, know you were a One. Personality is the same. Of course you're a One. <gasps> you get it. Get it. It's justice. It is, rules are here for a reason. Honor. And it is, oh, honor is huge. If Honoring you're in a position of authority and you ask me to do something, yes. if I don't do it, then I'm completely dishonoring you. I told yes. this to somebody last night. Somebody in my life wanted to quit something they were called to do. I asked them to lead worship for me at a service we're going to this weekend. And she was very... Honest with her feelings, she said, I want to quit. I was like, if you quit, you're honoring the enemy over me. That's true. And she's like, what? No, I was just like dealing with all this stuff and didn't feel like I was qualified. I was like, that's being, I guess, a a one. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, man, well, I'm not quitting. I was like, thank you. There we go. (laughs) There we go. Thank you. To the end. We are all in one. What's your wing? 
I know. I never got into the wing part. Oh, you didn't? No. Do I need to discover my wings? You yes. Okay, because you have. <laughs> I have wings. You have, have wings. wings. You have wings. So one would be like your body. You got to think of your wings. You can be either a nine or a one, and so you have your core number one. This sounds like a workout. Melissa. And then you like jujitsu. Yeah, okay. that's a rolling kind of thing. Okay, yeah. But this gotcha. helps. You'll just kind of know where you lean. So whether you're a nine or a one. I mean, nine or a two as your wing. All right, so, so if my core is a one. Yes, you can only lean to the nine or you or can nine. lean to the two. Yeah, okay. those are the only ways. So you need to study your wing. No and, wings. And figure out <laughs> where you are. Is there a song about underneath my wings or? I don't know. A Bette Miller the wind song. Be, the, the wind, wind beneath, beneath my, my wings. wings. Don't sing it. Okay. You well, already asked I if you could sing. It's coming. You could it's sing. It's working in me. It is. And you did pre-gym and you're drinking coffee right now. I can't really feel it. Are you going to sleep tonight? Mm. Maybe. Not even wired yet. Oh, okay, good. Yet. <laughs> Not yet. All right, so tell me when you met Christy, your beautiful oh wife. Oh, my gosh. We've got to keep it PG, right? Yes, keep okay. it PG. Christy Gray and I met in a fraternity sorority mixer. <laughs> and I won't tell you what the theme was <laughs> because we're keeping it PG, praise God. Yes. When I saw her, I wasn't living for the Lord, Melissa. Okay. And I was in an altered state. Okay. An altered condition. But when I saw her, I knew. The heavens even, opened up. Even intoxicated, I knew. Really? I knew. You hadn't had a conversation with her or anything? I just saw her. You just saw her? I just saw her, and I was like, that is the most beautiful woman I have ever seen in my life, and it wasn't beer goggles, I promise. Really? It was truly love at first sight. Did you go talk to her that night? No, no, no. no. Actually, here's the funny thing. My best friend in high school was her big sister, her little sister in the sorority. Okay. And so that's how we met, but she was with someone else. Oh. Oh. So she was not available. She was not available, but you waited. I waited. And look. Those who wait upon the Lord <laughs> <laughs> shall renew their strength. Now I think of Habakkuk too. The vision is yet for an come appointed on, that's time. Right. Come on. Though come it on. tarry, wait for it. Come on, that's <laughs> for right. It wait will for surely it. come. come to pass. That's yes. right. Yes. That was I use that for so many things. That's so. a good that's a good vision. So how long after that until um you she didn't have a somebody and you were able to ask her about. well here is a relationship plug okay plug it learn to be a friend with the person that you feel like you're going to be with even Agreed. at a very young age we became very close friends because she wasn't available so so that was off the table right off the table so we just got to know each other's friends although there was the burning for me so does she like you too <laughs> we've been married 20 I mean, but, but like before y'all started dating, Mm-mm. no, you had Didn't to ask her and then, ha- oh, because she thought you were just friends. Right. Gotcha. How long have y'all been married? 22 years. 22 years. Does that number mean anything It to you? does. Yeah. Isaiah, Isaiah 22. <laughs> I love 22. 22 is a great number. And you have two girls. I do. Tell me about oh. your girls. Oh, pride and joy. Oh, first name pride. Last <laughs> <My> name joy. <laughs> No, really, Savannah, Savannah and Mariah. Swilly. She'll probably want me to edit that, but we're going to keep it. <laughs> Her nickname is Swilly. 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 How did she she's, get that nickname? She's running. Oh, S. Wilson? Yes, yeah, Savannah oh, okay. Wilson. Yeah. She's running track in middle school in Virginia, and the jersey that she had had S. Wilson. Mm-hmm. And so her track coach called her 
Swilly. Gotcha. And it just stuck with me. Now, she kept it for about three years, and then she grew out of it. But I... Have always. I'm still growing. Yes. <laughs> well, you're her grow. dad, and you always will be. And so she will always be... Amen. Swilly. You hear that? Always. 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 And she's a nurse. She's an ER nurse in Tupelo, Mississippi. She's amazing. The birthplace of Elvis. Yes. I'm not going to go there. Don't sing. I kind of feel it. You though. want to sing. I kind of feel it. Oh, man. All right. Maybe at the end, if you, we'll let you close I'm out the show the with the song. <laughs> <laughs> Mariah's a freshman, freshman. in college, oh, University of let's Alabama. Let's say it. Roll Tide. Oh, I can't yeah, say. Why can't you? <laughs> because Tennessee it's just girl. not my yeah. thing. Can I just be Switzerland? Be neutral? No. You're in Alabama. You can't be neutral. That's but Auburn's in Alabama, too. Or Eagle. Okay. We can honor them. Okay. Yes. Culture of honor. Look yes. at you. You're number one, so you know about that. <laughs> just one little we roll are tie. Just in the one. Amen. There All right. Amen. So we can <laughs> tell me about raising girls. Mm. Raising girls was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Why? Because I'm a man. And guys don't think like girls. They no, they don't. There's they no. Don't. <laughs> there's nowhere. It's no. night and day. It's Venus and Mars. It's the whole book. It's so true. Men's capacity to think is limited. Yeah. If you compare them to women's ability to think and reason and feel, and then not only married to Christy, but raising two girls and just seeing how they respond to everything and how they think, I'm like, it just opened me up. I believe. I think it opened my ability to think outside of what your typical male thought pattern would be, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Was it hard to raise them because mm -hmm. you didn't think like them? No. It wasn't hard. It was glorious. They are the best children. They if, really are great girls. If, I mean, every parent thinks that about their kids. Obviously. Yeah, but I'm not their parent and I'm sitting here going, those are great girls. And I want to know how you raised great girls. How did you do it? Uh, two words. Christy Wilson? Christy Gray. <laughs> See, I knew, I knew, I knew you were going to say that. It's just a great balance. Um, you know, balance is a sometimes frowned upon in charismatic Pentecostal circles, but I'm all about balance. What do you mean by balance? Like balance and discipline? Balance and what? Uh, everything. She would be more... Oh, truth. you and Christy oh, being yeah. balanced, balanced in how you parented. Oh, yeah. okay. She's truth and I'm grace and then I'm truth and then she's grace and then gotcha. I'm grace and she's mercy. And then when it called for it and we were yeah. both, you know, double barrels. And that's a big deal. So I was, you know, a single mom for so many years. How did you do it? And <laughs> you didn't how? have a choice. You just didn't have a choice. That was it. How? There was, there's just no other option. But the thing I love, and um, you guys were so incredible. And this is why I wanted you to talk about daughters, because I had daughters when I was a single mom. And I, when did I meet you? 2010? 2011. 2011. And you were, so my girls were 10 and six crazy and you were of course my oldest is the same age as savannah and uh, mariah so they were just three girls just hanging out and doing stuff in the way you loved on my molly while i was a single mom and showed her what what dads look like was huge in her life yeah. and i don't know not every not every daughter can say that and about 
about their relationship with their dad, but you just did something right and well that your girls are amazing like they are. Uh, did you ever feel inadequate? Like no, ever question? No, it was just, no, I don't know. I guess, I guess it was just the grace of God. Yeah. You know, for every season, like you, I look at you and you have amazing children. Thanks. And you were single for so long. And I'm like, you're saying, how did you raise Savannah and Ryan? I'm like, how did you raise your trio? <laughs> I, me and God, because how? I didn't have a, but I love, I love that how you were talking about how you and Christy did that together. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a huge key for parenting yes. healthy children yes. is a mom and a dad that are doing it together. Yes. You know, that they are on the same team, your strengths, her weaknesses, oh, yeah. her strengths, your weakness together doing this and recognizing, okay, well, I probably need to take the lead on this one right. and or you take the lead on this one because this is going to be – I just think that that's huge and something that you and Christy did really well and are doing really well because well, not only do you have your daughters now, but the way you guys are parenting and mentoring young people with what you do here where we are and – Gosh, you've got, you told me you got 16 kids going to be in your garage. <laughs> <laughs> How many? Like babies. Play kids, in here in a little bit. Yeah, they just come because you got that swimming pool in your backyard. The swimming pool helps. Tell me about uh, moving. You moved your family mm. from Virginia to Alabama. The capital of the South to the deep South. How old were your girls when you moved? So that was 2014, and that was the hardest day. July 1st, 2014 is the day we moved. It was the hardest day of our lives because we left. Everything. It was a great, we had a great life in Virginia. Great. Yeah. Fantastic job. My wife and I had fantastic jobs. Fantastic school, fantastic house, church. Plug the Jeff and Kim, Kimberly Hill. Love you guys. What church was that? Destiny Church in Chester, Virginia. Destiny Church, Chester, Virginia, if you need a home church. Yes. Amen. They just love so well. So we had it, and we had everything. We had. We, so why did you move? The Lord. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of Kevin Costner in Field of Dreams when he said, I'd never done a crazy thing in my life but until I heard the voice. Until I heard the voice. Yeah. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. Oh, I've got a story to tell you. I don't know if I can go there now. I might get up and run. <laughs> so it's because I'll preach him. I know we might save that for later. No, it's about just. The Lord. The Lord. Yeah. yeah so you just, felt like the Lord wanted you to move. Just yes. pick up your whole family. Quit your job. Quit your jobs. Two years before I could qualify for early retirement, which would have locked in a very nice salary when I hit 50. Yes. But you felt like the Lord say, move. Melissa, you know, when we hear people say, I left on a word, Christy and I didn't even have a word. So what did you have? We had a drawing. Have you ever felt drawn to somebody? Um, yes. Have you felt a pull? Yes. My husband? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. All right. How about this? Have you ever been to a place and when you get there, you're like, I Oh, I feel like home. I didn't know this existed. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, and you felt that here. And the very first time I visited in November of 2011, when I helped uh, two friends move here and I walked in on a Friday night and I had said, this is so funny. I told them because the drive from Richmond, Virginia to Hamilton, Alabama is 12 hours. And uh, on a good day with traffic, I helped them move. I've never driven that far before. And when we got here, I said, Oh, who was moving? Was that Eric, Eric and, and Andrea, Andrea McBride? McBride? Yes. 
They were my neighbors. They were my best friends. At Lakeside, they were your best friends. Best friends. I didn't know Every that. Friday night at our house for hours. Friday night, yeah. You moved them into... Lakeside. Lakeside, where I was living. <laughs> Did you no, know what? that? No. I lived in B2, and they got moved into like B6 B3, or B6, something, okay. yeah. B5, B6. Yeah. It's also a good vitamin. Yes, it is. I did not know. I remember when they moved in, but I didn't know you then. Yeah. Just the three of us moved. And I told them, I love you. You're my closest friends. I'm never coming back to Hamilton. I can't handle the drive. It's just too much. We drove through the night. We went after we got off work. And I said, there's no way. Yeah. And they took me to a service. So when you say they're talking about the ramp in Hamilton, Alabama. They took you to a service at the ramp. And I had already been awakened for two years. So awaken meaning like you knew there was a real God. Awaken like came alive, been saved, but still asleep since I was five. Explain explain what saved sounds. and asleep means. Knew the Lord, loved him dearly with all of my heart, but still something was missing. Something, something like I was still bound in sin. And I knew I was saved because I would feel so convicted every time I did it. But mm-hmm. Oh, oh, man. I don't know if we can even go there, but awakened to the reality of the presence of a real God. Yeah. And it wasn't just some something I knew about, some, somebody I knew. When did that change happen? Was it like a moment or was it? I actually heard it on a podcast. Okay. And you heard somebody preaching and talking about being awakened and you knew there was something more. I knew there was something more and... After that, I, I consumed podcasts. That's why I'm so passionate about them now. Yeah, so I think the thing about that is you heard something that provoked <clears throat> in you a desire to pursue something. Yes. It was something that you said, I there's something about that, and I want to know more about that. Yes. And then it began a journey for you. So it wasn't necessarily like a light, it was a light switch, but in a way it was something you had to go after to. Right. It was definitely a pursuit. To explore and figure out what is this that I am sensing? What am I being drawn to? Kind of yes. thing. So you came to Hamilton, moved some friends, moved went some to the friends, ramp. Went to this first service. And, and it you just blew said. Me away that that presence that I felt, listening to that podcast and every subsequent podcast mm-hmm. was now in this room, but magnified by about 150. So you were feeling the manifest presence of God in a way you had never felt in your whole life. I didn't know that this place existed. I didn't know that type of presence existed. With the Lord. I was raised, were you raised Baptist? Yes, ma'am. I we was too. I to leave the Baptist church. Oh, my. Mm. After my mom was awakened. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> What's so, up, mom? <laughs> Go, mom. See what you started? Yeah. So you moved to Hamilton because you wanted to be a part of what? Couldn't, I just could not. I started after we... Um, Started coming to the ramp three or four times a year after I said I would never come back. And after that initial drive, and Mm -hmm. then you go to that first service, and you're like, oh, my goodness, what is this? Then you started coming back three or four times a year. And then after the summer intensive, I think, where you and I first connected. Yeah, that was in 2011. I remember. And you started coming a couple of times a year to Hamilton, Alabama. I couldn't stay You were a police officer. And then I remember one day you said, hey, <laughs> I, my whole family, we're going to move to Hamilton. I was like, oh, wow. How about that? How about that? 
And you did. You came. I remember meeting your wife for the first time, and your girls were so little. Man, they were. That was the worst day for them, though, because they'd left everything and their friends. The friends were so important in that high school, middle school years, and they had a very good life. How do you, as a parent, help children? How did what did you do to help them in that process of moving? I had a lot of um, people that would pour into them. I you know I'll never forget going to the Fourth of July celebration at Miss Karen's house three days after we moved, and the girls were still in tears. And I'll never forget walking into Miss Karen's house, and she ran up to us like from a distance, like you see somebody from a distance, uh-huh. and she started running. You're here. You're here. You're here. And we're just blown away. Like the leader of this movement is, she knows us. Yeah. Yeah. And she saw that Mariah was struggling and she took her by the hand and off they went. (laughs) And just so many people were just, it's just such a community here because everybody that moves from out of state, from home here is for the same reason. Right. It's just. God is here. A pursuit of the presence of God. And God is everywhere. Obviously, he's omnipresent, but it's just this this presence that you get there and it's like. So helping your girls through that is being intentional yeah, about finding community. And you know, when you're when you first move here too, and it's just the four of you until they start making friends, there's they don't have their friends they can draw from. You know, there's that connection yeah. for family that that was just a bond. And you guys were good about running them back for little surprise trips little surprise every trips. now and then. And I think that that was probably helpful for them too. There's also came a time where where we would go back home for those surprise trips and it didn't feel like home anymore. Ah. So that transition, you know, when you go from one place to the yes. other and you you feel like this awkward tension of like, well, where I left is still home and Yes. Where I'm going is home and you're yes. like, you're feeling drawn in both places. There will come a time where the place that you left no longer feels like home. Yeah. And when you know it, you'll know it. How long did that take for your family? About two years. Really? Mm-hmm. That long? Mm-hmm. We just knew because we had talked about, we're going to come down here for the Ramp School of Ministry, graduate, get ordained and move back. Yep. We're going to move back to Virginia. We're going to finish out the career, going to go into trailing ministry when I retire. And, and that's not what happened. No, ma'am. Five years later. Five years later. Still here. <laughs> finished with ministry school. Girls are out of high school, in college. In college, doing their thing. So what do you do now? What's ne- what's, what, are you, what are you doing? <sighs> what am I You finished doing? with ministry school. Ministry school. You're not going back to being a police officer, it doesn't look like. No, ma'am. You know, it's funny. Working for a job, the funny thing about transitions is – the Lord will take you through a place, maybe even with a job, that wouldn't be your first choice. Of course. Or yes. your second. Yes. Or your third. Yes. Or even your tenth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And when you can't see what he's doing in the moment, just know that he's working. I worked for a job a year and a half after ministry school that I absolutely hated. So hated. why did you keep doing it? Because you felt like that's what you were supposed to be doing? No. I didn't know what I, I was. I honestly just lost. Yeah. Honestly lost. And the only thing that kept me going was the Lord. Yeah. I wake up in the morning and it's like, you, you're you all I have to keep me going. I don't understand what you're doing. Looking back on that year and a half now, I had to go through that. Right. There were things in me still that needed to be resolved. 
I had a lack of humility and a lack of compassion. And when you go through a transition of working a job that you hate, you get humbled really quick. Yeah. So when you left that job, did you love the next job you had? I wouldn't say I love it, but I, I like it a lot. <laughs> Is that the job you're in now? Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. All right. Because you work job. with some really great people, too. Uh, that makes the job. I work with two of my closest friends, and my general manager is a mentor, and he teaches. He's. I know the Lord is preparing me for a leadership role. Yeah. Because I'm around so many leaders. Yes. It's just like you can't be around. Pay attention to the people that you're around the closest. So true. So true. Pay attention, Melissa. Yep. Yep. Pay attention. I agree. Close attention because what's on them. Yep. Will get on you. And then that's what you need for where you're going next. Your work environment, who you're with, it's not what you're going to do the rest of your life where you are, Mm-mm. but you are where you are that you have an assignment there. That's exactly right. And for whatever, forever, however long you're there for. And while you're there, you're all in. That's exactly right. And that is just so needed for anybody that's going through any type of transition. Know this, that wherever you are, you're supposed to be there. Yep. Because. How do they know? Because they're there. Because they're there. When do they know it's time to go? God will make it abundantly clear. You will know it's time to go. Just like I was drunk when I met Christy Gray, but I knew she was the one. (laughs) Because there was truth. That was was truth. truth. It was truth. And, you know, how do you you say, well, how you'll know. There will be such a knowing inside of you, you'll know. And you can even feel it coming. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you remember Star Wars? No. Episode number no. seven. Help me out, Dave. No, I don't. <coughs> I don't know Star Wars. I'm sorry. What? You've got to know Star Ugh. Wars. Talk about justice. No. <laughs> so so Star Wars is laughing because he knows. Right, right. I don't know Star Wars. <laughs> All right. So Star Wars, they have the last movie in 2005, episode three. It's the grand finale, or so we thought. So they started with episode four, five, and six. Then they went to episode one, two, and three. Right. And then I did after, know that. You did know that. I did. Okay, so you kind of know Star Wars if you know that. But sequel, that's all I know. Okay. I knew that you needed to watch them um, four, five, five six, six, one, two, and three. Then one, two, three. Yes. So there's a gap between 2005 until 2015. So a ten year gap, and then they decide they're going to make episode seven. And the first trailer for episode seven, which is probably one of the most watched movies of all time, the trailer said, there's been an awakening. Have you felt it? Yes. So in wherever you are in your season and you're feeling transition coming up, you'll actually start to feel it. There's like a, a rumbling on the inside and. You may not know what it is. You may not even discern it at first, but no, it's like a I change exactly. in, in seasons. Yes. You can feel it coming. Yes. Yes. I can I can understand exactly what you're saying. So you know it's coming. I think one of the biggest things, too, that I've learned in different types of transitions that I've gone through even recently, most recently, is don't fight the transition. Right. When you know right. a season is over, and that there's a new assignment coming, don't hold on to the old assignment. The old, you gotta let it go. Right. And sometimes that can be hard. There's that verse that talks about in the Bible, he who gives up houses and lands mm, for my name's sake. On. What does the rest of it say? 
he will inherit a hundred times, times in this lifetime. In this a lot lifetime. Of time, people believe that's referring to eternity when they yep. get to heaven. No, but I believe because we're number ones. <laughs> that's right now. Here's another thing for people in transition. Just know that what he has for you is it's good. so much better, <laughs> yes, than it's if good. you were to stay where you're not supposed to be. It's good. Yes. No good thing will we lack. No good thing. Yes. So even if it's hard, it's still good. Sometimes we go through hard seasons and we think it's bad, but actually hard seasons are for our good. There's four Psalms that's been with me for the last week. I just go in the um, morning prayer and just start listening. And he'll start saying either Psalm 20, Psalm 27, Psalm 32, or Psalm 34. And when I hear that, I'll go read one. Mm-hmm. Psalm 27. I would have last, lost heart unless I believed I will see the goodness of the Lord in the, in land, the land of, of the, the living. living. Whatever we go through, whatever he has for us, it is good. Yes. And it'd yes. be hard. But it is good. It is incredibly God good. God is good. good. And he can't help but be good. So you uh, you like to preach. Yeah. Yeah. You got a call of God on your life to preach, don't you, sir? Um, yes, ma'am. So tell yeah. us a little about, about what you do right now on your weekends when you're not working, your other job. Other job. The other job for is Blacksmith Ministries. So you have a ministry where you preach, yes, go around other churches, you yes, do ma'am. traveling ministry? My heart is to encourage the church. I have been in church my entire life since I was five years old. I had a drug problem. So anytime the church doors were open, my parents drug me to church. Really? I mean, in church all day, every day. Amen. I had that kind of drug problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I was raised Baptist. That's right. Me too. It was Baptist. Yeah. You have to go to church. It's got to. That's Sunday, a good thing. Sunday morning, though. Sunday night, Wednesday night, Monday night visitation. Royal Prison ambassadors. Ministry. Did you have that? <laughs> we didn't have mm. royal ambassadors. Missing out. It's like Boy Scouts for Baptists. Yeah. We had Awana. Awana. Okay. Yeah. yeah we did Awana. My girls did that. Yeah. So that's what we did. You also have a podcast. What's I have it a called? Podcast, Blacksmith Ministries. Blacksmith Ministries mm-hmm. on iTunes. On and other iTunes, places. Spotify, Podbean. Yep. Podcast, Google Podcasts, probably everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Yes, ma'am. Blacksmith Ministries. Blacksmith Ministries. You have a website. What's your website? www.blacksmithministries.org. .org. <laughs> we'll put all that in the show notes too. So if people want to be able to connect with you. So you travel. Travel, preach, conferences, churches, all of it. Uh, I really like speaking to leadership teams. I really enjoy going into a church like on a Saturday night and meeting with the leadership team. And really, I've been on executive leadership teams since I've been an adult in the church. So I really understand what it's like to be serving a senior pastor in an executive type role and just instilling in them catch the vision that he has and push it and serve the pastor serve the pastor honor the do you pastor. do anything within the workplace like uh for corporations or businesses with this culture of honor that's so interesting oh that you asked that really and the answer is not yet but i can feel that I that's could rumbling. so see you doing rumbling that on honor. in corporations talking honor. to their 
their leadership teams, their management teams about creating cultures of honor, honor. within the workplace. That's it's so huge. Sure. It's so huge in churches, and it's so foreign to most churches that's never been taught about when the leadership team begins to honor the senior pastor and the senior pastor's wife and yes. their family. Yes. And treat them with honor and care and respect. Then it begins to trickle down to the entire body. The highway of heaven, the way that heaven travels to earth, is on the highway of honor. I believe that. When honor is in the culture, it just opens the door for miracles. It does. Opens Supernatural. Supernatural. Cannot be explained. And sometimes I don't even realize that I I probably reap benefits of seeds of honor sown, and I don't even realize that they're tied together. Just because that's who you are. Just because it's supernatural, even how it works. And I just believe that there is favor that I have today that I don't even really remember or know, and it's tied to places of honor. And how you've treated the leadership and how you've obviously treated their families. Mm -hmm. And it just opens the door. Well, I honor you. Well. Man of God. I honor you. Pre-gym drinker. (laughs) (laughs) Coffee. Father of daughters. (laughs) Do you have a song you want to sing as we close? Mm. (laughs) What you feeling? What's burning in your spirit, man of God? Elvis. I felt the Elvis, but now it's lifted. (laughs) It's lifted. Yeah, All right. Have to pass. Well, we'll let the show music close us out. Thanks for coming by and talking to me. Oh, Melissa, me. it's been my honor to be here. I just love great. you and your family so much. Thanks. Wow. If there's one thing I can say about my friend Richard, it's that he is passionate. Whether it's jujitsu, pre-gym, his family, or God, he is 100% all in in every area of his life. Gotta love somebody who lives fully alive. If you want to get connected to Richard and Blacksmith Ministries, you can find him on Instagram or Facebook. We'll also include his website info in the show comments for today. Just a reminder that on Wednesday, the camels are coming, and we'll be having a conversation with some of my married friends about how they met, dated, proposed, and got married. You don't want to miss it. If you'd like to get connected, find me on Instagram or Facebook under the name Melissa Matheson. That's math, like 4 plus 1 equals 5, I before E, son, S-O-N. As in my 17-year-old son who bought a very ugly, very fuzzy steering wheel cover for his new car. But we'll save that story for another day. Friends, I hope you plan to join us each week on Mondays and Wednesdays as we sit around the table, have a cup of coffee, and talk about what's next, God. <music>